You're listening to Garbage Into Gold, a Sixers podcast hosted by Brandon Apter and Jesse Larch. Part of Philadelphia Sports Nation, visit online at phlsportsnation.com. Garbage into gold. Welcome in to Garbage Into Gold, ladies and gentlemen, brand new Sixers podcast. I'd like to welcome you in officially. My name is Brandon Apter, one of your hosts, and I'm now joined by my co-host, Jesse Larch. Jesse, welcome to the show. How you doing, Brandon? It's been way too long since we've gotten on our microphones and talked about the Sixers. Yeah, yes, it sure has because, you know, you you and I have a little bit of a history. We wrote together at Sports Talk Philly, uh, had a nice run over there with the pick swap pod over with uh, Josh Liddick and Tommy Long from time to time. But, you know, through the years, we've, we've gone our separate ways and now we're back together here at uh, Philly Sports Nation for Garbage Into Gold. Exciting times. You know, it's exciting times indeed because the Sixers, I mean, I'm feeling good about this season. I felt good about last season too, but we all know how that ended. Let's not talk about a ball bouncing four times after a circus shot. No one needs to relive that. But as far as this team's outlook... I mean, it feels like a fresh new year. It feels like there's no obstacles in their way. But they're also a Philadelphia team, so you know they're going to put their own obstacles there, and it'll be another roller coaster season like it is every single year in Philadelphia. Yeah, and I know we don't want to talk about that uh, those four bounces, but Jesse, if I'm not mistaken, when we were thinking about names for this podcast, you suggested one that involved the four bounces. I forget the exact name of that, but it's a quickly shut down by management. Yeah, I think I shut it down myself too, because it would have been hard <laughs> having to say that each week. Yeah. So before we get started, just want to give a, a quick shout out to, to Philly Sports Nation, where we're really, really excited to be a part of their podcast team. Uh, these episodes of Garbage Into Gold will be coming to you weekly and uh, you know, just a few weeks from this recording, we're going to be into preseason action and then regular season action. Uh, but make sure that you're following Philly Sports Nation at PHL Sports Nation on Twitter and the Sixers part of Philly Sports Nation at PHL Sixers Nation. So Jesse, on draft night, you know, we go back a little bit before all of the moves. There was some criticism towards the Sixers after that night. You know, they they came into the night enter you know with six picks but they leave with just two selections making some trades you know they passed on talents like Carson Edwards and and Grant Williams both going to the Boston Celtics but they come away with a really good defender in Matisse Thybul and a two-way player in Marielle Shayok but following that eventful night we had doubters we had people that liked it but Elton Brand the Sixers general manager said it will all make sense soon so we've seen the moves that they've made to this point We've seen a little bit of their rookies getting to play in summer league action. We've seen the free agents that they've brought in. So is it all starting to make sense to you? I mean, none of it made sense the night of. Um, Personally, I was a huge Carson Edwards fan. I thought that was the ideal person to come off the bench behind Ben Simmons. Grant Williams was a player I liked a lot too. And it's not great that they both go to the rival Celtics, but – Elton Brand took the Celtics, in my opinion, their most important player. 
Um, Al Horford, I mean, the reason Kyrie Irving was an MVP candidate in Boston, in my opinion, is Al Horford's ability to open things up on the floor for him. Because without Al Horford, Kyrie wasn't playing up the numbers he was. And they certainly weren't defending the way that they were defending if they had just Aaron Baines back there. So you bring in a guy like him, who's also one of the only guys in the league that can remotely check Joel Embiid. Now you put him right next to Joel Embiid. And I think that is perhaps the most unsung addition of the offseason. People don't understand how much of an impact Al Horford's going to make. But then people get upset because, well, he got rid of Jimmy Butler. He didn't really replace him. I mean, I don't see it that way. First off, I see it as you basically traded Jimmy Butler for Josh Richardson and Al Horford. Because I think you, yeah. you know, you're not getting the money to sign Horford without moving Butler's money, and you bring in Josh Richardson, who's a legitimate starting shooting guard in the NBA. He gets it done on both sides of the floor. His hustle's never questioned. He's going to be the perfect role player for that starting five. And losing JJ Redick does hurt, but I think you get more with Josh Richardson because part of the Sixers' problem was, and we definitely saw it in the Toronto series, is once they had that five out there and they would try to make inroads against the other team, all the other teams would do was just find themselves in ISO situations against J.J. Redick and exploit his lack of defensive ability. With Josh Richardson, they can't do that. So now you have a legitimate starting five that's going to be difficult to score on no matter what player you're up against. Now you're going to get Tobias Harris the touches that he should have been getting last year to go back to being that 20-point-a-game player that they traded for. And you have Al Horford who's going to be out there who's willing to not shoot the ball who's willing to give up his touches to other players to make the big picture work. So really, I think that's a perfect harmony in the starting five. The bench is, as far as talent goes, I would say unchanged from last year. It's probably the same level of bench. But I do think guys like James Ennis and Mike Scott really gave a lot of value to the Sixers coming off of the bench. It just would have been nice to get one more guy to come in there and kind of tighten things up for them in that regard. Yeah, I agree with you on some things that you said. Uh, um, <clears throat> I think starting off with what you said about depth, I think their bench is a little bit better than it was, especially once you get into rotations. You're never going to have one of those scenarios where one of their starting five is not on the floor. So I think you know you have the options of having Josh Richardson out there with with a James Ennis at the, four, at the three or Mike Scott at the four. That could be a good combination, but for for me, depth wise goes back to to something that the Sixers have had issues with since as long as I can remember. Really, JJ Redick was that guy who could hit a knockdown three. You know, he missed his fair share of of big three point shots, but he he was that reliable guy from beyond the arc. Now you remove him from the roster and and that depth that they already didn't have last year. And you don't really have a reliable three-point shooter. Sure, Mike Scott is a 40% three-point shooter when he was with the Sixers last year, and he was good while he was with the Hawks, but you can't rely on him night after night uh, coming off the bench to knock down big three-pointers. So that's really going to be part of Josh Richardson's game that we're going to need to see. Defensively, I think it'll be a really, really big step up because – like you said about J.J. Redick, he did all right against Joe Harris in the uh, series against the Brooklyn Nets to open the playoffs. But in Toronto, you could tell from time after time they would exploit that matchup with him, too. Yeah, for sure. It all, it all comes down to the shooting, really. And how is this team going to score points? They might be one of the best defensive teams in the league, but how are they going to score points? We've seen all these videos about Ben Simmons shooting jumpers over the summer. Is he actually going to shoot those? 
Joel Embiid dropped 25 pounds. Is that going to help him hit three-pointers regularly? We don't know. Is it going to help him be more versatile in the post? We'll, we'll see about that. But you look at this roster and you see Tobias Harris, who has a good track record when it comes to shooting, and you hope with he increased touches that he, he becomes that shooter that he was with the Clippers. But when you're talking about shot creation, you look at this roster and you don't see a whole lot of guys that can create their own shot. And that's my big concern moving forward, despite my you know really high and, and excited expectations for this team. I can understand that. And it's definitely something that's it's been a problem with the team really throughout the Brett Brown era. And I think that's where, you know, when Elton Brand says make sense of this or that it will all make sense soon, it's Brett Brown's job to make sense of it. And I think losing J.J. Redick, not having Robert Covington like he did in the past, he really doesn't have that post-up shooter. I mean, Tobias Harris will be willing to do it, but is that what you want to limit Tobias Harris to? And I think what we're going to need to see from Brett is a little bit more of a varied offense than he's had in years past. And as I mentioned with the Al Horford edition, I think that's where it all comes down to. Is They're going to need Al Horford to be running around getting everything to work for the team because really the Sixers lack a lot of motion in their offense too aside from you know you'd see JJ Reddick come running around the arc and getting a handoff off of a screen there really wasn't a whole lot of movement it was a lot of you know, stand still, drop it into Embiid or kick it out to someone ready to shoot a three. It's going to be a lot of different schemes because the dribble handoff was specifically there for guys like J.J. Redick. And now you don't really have a guy on the team that's going to excel in the dribble handoff. Exactly. And I think with, again, with Horford, the way I'd like to see him used is let him be a pick setter. Let him free up Ben Simmons off the dribble, get Ben some extra space inside. So then you, the way I can see that happening is you would have Ben having a clean driving lane to the hoop, or because now MB doesn't have to be the pick setter, MB can be free to roam in different spots around the post if he wants to jump outside. It really frees up MB to be more of a weapon than he already is if you have Horford doing all of these little things on the inside. So I think if they can really get that to work, they can do a lot of things with this offense, but it's all going to come down to Brett and answering kind of pretty much the questions he's had throughout his time in Philadelphia if he can actually make adjustments and make this thing come together and what it can be to utilize all that talent he's going to have at his disposal. Yeah, and obviously we can't get away from the fact that having a guy like Al Horford, even he, he it's, it's going to take a little while for him to get used to being on the floor with Joel Embiid, but for times where Joel has to leave and, and go to the bench and, and sit for a few minutes, you have Al Horford able to shift to the five and that spot, that backup center spot, is also one in the past during the entire Brett Brown era that hasn't really been a solidified spot. And now you have uh, a guy like Al Horford that can slide in there when Embiid needs a rest on the bench. And then you have, you know, a handful of big men on the bench, so like Kyle O'Quinn, uh, that can step in at, at a center spot when when you need. So you're not stuck uh, putting people like Ben Simmons at a small ball five or anything like that. So I think the depth at the center spot for protecting Joel Embiid is, is better than it's been in his entire career in Philadelphia so far. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And then, um, like you said, with O'Quinn, he's a guy who's not afraid to be physical either. So I th- 
Part of what I like about the bench is I think the bench has an identity in its own right, where you have James Ennis, who's a lot more of that pit bull kind of player, you know, diving all over the floor, all the effort plays. Mike Scott, you know, we know he said plenty of times he ain't no bitch, and he's definitely backed that one up. And then you have Kyle O'Quinn, who's cut from that same yeah. cloth as those two. And really, I kind of think those will be the first three guys in addition to whoever wins the backup point guard job that will be coming off of the bench. So I like that our bench does have some tenacity to it. And with as much talent as there is, you have a little bit of that fire and ice going on where the bench can come in and they can hold it down in their own right and they have their own sense of pride. I think that's going to be really good for this team when it's definitely something they didn't have in years prior. Yeah, for sure. Um, there, there's, you know, we, we before we recorded this, we were just like, it's going to be a small episode, probably only like six or seven minutes, but you can tell just talking about all of the excitement, you know, the different position battles with the point guard, you know, the options that the Sixers have when it comes to depth and rotation. There's so much to talk about, and we will be back with another episode of Garbage Into Gold next week uh, before the start of training camp, uh, which begins on October 2nd at the 76ers training complex in Camden, New Jersey. So we'll have an episode, I believe October 1st, if not before that, to talk about some of the big storylines going into camp. And then October 8th, just a week after training camp begins, the Sixers have their first preseason game against a uh, Chinese Basketball Association squad at the Wells Fargo Center. So it's all coming really fast. Uh, we thank you for joining us and make sure that you subscribe to Garbage Into Gold. We should be on Apple and Spotify shortly after this podcast. This episode is available. Uh, you can follow me, Brandon Apter, at BAPTER23 on Twitter and Jesse. You can find Jesse on Twitter at Jesse Larch. Yep. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on a, another episode of Garbage Into Gold.